Well, kia ora everyone and welcome to another episode of the Kiwi Running Show. My name is Hayden Sherman and with me on the line is Stefan Smith. And man, we have a lot to get through, Stefan, today because there's been a lot going on, not only in the world of running, but in the world of sport. So we'll try and keep it sport uh, running specific and not get carried away about talking about the Black Cats and New South Wales in the state of origin. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, how are you going, Stefan? Are you um, you're managing to keep up with all the, the news and watching cricket late into the night and all that sort of carry on? Yeah, still, still pulling myself up off the floor after last night's result. I couldn't believe Black Cats won that one. And then, um, yeah, I'm a big Origin, well, and big league fan, so I was just absolutely loving it last night when New South Wales pulled through with the win, which is our... The first back-to-back win since like 2005. Wow, so it's pretty big, pretty big for the state. Yeah, but um, yeah, we we won't try and waffle on too much and try and keep it short and concise and highlight the um, important and um, some good results happening over the last couple of weeks. Um, so, so I guess I, I can and, kick things off with the international if you'd like. Yeah, yeah, and I'll give people a heads up at the end of the show today. We've got an interview with. With, can I call him Sir Zane Robinson? He may as well. We should not have everyone who breaks a national record. Um, but newly crowned New Zealand marathon record holder. Um, so, yeah, got a really cool interview with him coming up. But, yeah, let's dive into the international news. Go for it. Yeah, awesome. So, um, I mean, I'm going to start with Zane anyway because we'll cover off the marathon results first and go through the half and the 10K as well. Sure. But, um, yeah, obviously Zane had a had a pretty good day on Sunday with the marathon. Um, many people call it debut, which is wrong. I'd like to highlight with his, um, his DNF and his first one, but most people don't like to remember that one. <laughs> um, but he, he, he did a lot of the hard work early on and um, kind of showed near the end, I guess, in that last um, four or five K into a headwind where um, the, the Japanese guy, Shitara got away a bit over the later stages, but he still hung on really well but you could just see that I think it was even in the last two or three K is where the kind of Oceania record slipped away from him a bit they're quite noticeably slower K's but to run to a 208.19 and take the national record off his brother Jake by seven seconds was a fantastic effort and taking third overall for the um, Gold Coast full so yeah I mean more just awesome stuff from those boys really it's just kind of People always want probably more of it, I guess, and less injuries and stuff. But, you know, that's all part of the game and um, obviously shows when these guys are on fire that they can, um, you know, mix it with some of the best in the world. Yeah, I was physical um, for that result. And we kind of thought that a national record was potentially on the cards. Um, but, yeah, the so-called seemed just you know, not sit back and wait for the race to happen, but to go out there and, and own it. And I think that's what people love about Zake, uh, Zake, Zane and Jake. They just put it out there. They're either there to go and light it up or fall apart. Um, and this time it was just a slight, a very slight fall apart in the last couple of Ks. If you can recall running a, a three 11 and then a three twenty in the last couple of Ks, a bit of falling apart, but, mm-hmm. 
um, yeah, get on Zane's Instagram, by the way, and, and check out his splits. He's got them all up there, as well as the workouts that he did in the four weeks leading up. So that, that's really interesting stuff for those people who want to dig into the numbers and, and see what went on. There's some pretty yeah. frightening splits, and <laughs> there's a lot of splits starting mm. with two uh, for the kilometre. Yeah. And, and, as, and as you said, I mean, that kind of um, confidence that they have, I guess with the marathon these days, it is turning into a, you know, if you do all the preparation and the work, like we were just saying kind of off air before, but running at three-minute Ks now, someone like Jason Zane, it's just so easy. Like that's yeah. that's their marathon pace. So uh, I, I was kind of, I was looking at one of his workouts and thinking, man, that's crazy. And then I was thinking, actually, that was probably quite comfortable for him. Um, it's just mind-boggling because mortals like us look at it and are like, holy crap, like, never even try and attempt something like that. You know, you'd be happy with a PB for some of those um, sessions that he's doing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it just goes to show that, obviously, with extreme preparation, um, brings some great results. But um, I wanted to mention, obviously, the other um, two other results within that race, um, both Caden Shields and Dan Jones. Yep. So Caden on debut, on debut running 2.15.36, which um, it, it took me by probably surprise a little bit, uh, mainly because he's, um, you know, obviously run a few halves and stuff and nothing probably kind of super crazy fast. I like just kind of steady half results and that and um and I but I've always known Caden's quite a strong guy and was probably always going to be going to the marathon. So to see him do that on debut is bloody awesome. So and getting under the world champ standard as well. The only problem for him right now is that Malcolm Hicks has been selected and Jake's been selected and now Zane's just run the national record. <laughs> running two fifteen thirty six could leave you have you left off the team. So um, depending if Jake, year. I know, yeah, I know Jake. Jake, like any other year he'd be the top guy in the country. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, no. So, so that was a great result, and um, yeah, depending on, I, I'm assuming Hicks will run it, and it sounds like Zane will be. Um, Jake's, I think, managing a few in, injury niggles at the moment, but um, I don't know. Maybe it could be a late, a late addition if one of those guys is battling or something. But fantastic effort. Um, Regardless, and then same with Dan Jones, like that guy's yeah. just been chomping off um, significant time off his PBs race after race, and to finish in two sixteen fifteen, a place behind Caden and about um, 40, 40 seconds, forty five seconds back, is um, really impressive as well. I'm sure he'll be super pumped with that. And just shows like we were talking earlier, weren't we? Um, a few months back with guys who are just kind of under that 220 range and when will we see guys tipping more into that mid to um two teens range and here we are seeing it already so i think um guys like zane and jake and well even malcolm now to a degree have um probably made that 215 mark look like a hell of a lot more achievable mm. um when it's you know they're, they're just guys from the same country as well and obviously they've gone through, through a different journey and path but um, it, it's a lot easier to relate to someone when you know you can kind of connect to them and see what they're running and puts it in perspective. So you know now it's like going okay, that's the new standard. The guys just under two twenty. Well, you know, pull your finger out and <laughs> you, you're going to start trying to run under two fifteen now to start making some teams, um, which is a good problem to have. I mean, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, at, at last so, count, that's five guys under 220 this year so far. And last year we had 
five guys go under 220 as well. Um, so Dan Wallace and Paul Martelidi and Nick Horsbill uh, um, did it last year and I think are not in that top five list this year. Um, but I've got to give some mm. love as well. We're, to, only half, we're, only, we're only halfway through the year as well. Yeah, yeah. I've got to give some love to Dave Ridley. Poor guy, he's trying to be cracked this 220. Last year he did the 220.10 seconds and he's just, I think he did 221. So oh, thoughts go out to you, Dave. <laughs> You've got that sub 220 in you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then onto the half with some great results as well with um, Cam Graves running pretty good PB there for Top yeah. Kiwi. He was 65, 28 and 14. And yeah. not far behind him was Michael Voss with a good PB as well, 65, yeah. 41. And Dan Belchin rounding out the third New Zealander in 68 and 56, which is a bit off of what he's capable of, but um, solid run regardless. Um in the 10K, uh, Josh Maisie, 30.28 for a PB, nice. I think, on the road for fifth, awesome. which is, yeah, really solid. And then there was a guy, Jordan McLennan, so I haven't heard of that name, but he yeah. was 31.08, um, wow. just back a bit off um, Josh as well. So um, conditions were pretty bad for that. Um, yeah, pretty pretty good results um, considering the conditions that they had to go up against. Um, on the women's side in the marathon, we had, um, I think there was quite a few expectations on Lydia O'Donnell to run quite well. She put quite a bit of time into her training and stuff overseas and that, but unfortunately had a DNS. So right. um, yeah. I'm not too sure the reasons behind a DNS, um, but marathon can be pretty cruel. So yeah, hopefully she can um, pick herself up after that and um, chase after another time soon and um yeah, keep keep chipping away. But now Aitken had finished um, in 2.53, which, um, you know, obviously quite a bit far back off um, some of the leaders, but one of our top females there in the marathon. Um, in the half, we had Mel Black and Shauna Parley both finishing quite close together in 122 and 123. Um, and, yeah, I think they were back in about... Um, 14th or maybe in the 20, 20th positions um, for that kind of time. So obviously when you've got a field where um, two Australians are running 69 minutes, um, kind of puts it into perspective the level that they're at um, compared yeah. to those athletes. Yeah, so um, this, I mean, this, from a Oceania perspective, Australians actually had a really good day as well. Jack Rayner winning back-to-back with the half in 62.30 and wow. um, Liam Adams having a great run and running 2.11.36, which is six seconds off the Olympic standard. So there's a, there's a couple of minute PB from him but he, he, and he ran most of the race by himself. Um, so it was bloody gutsy. So it'd be feeling it missing out by six seconds, but I'm sure the um, elation of a few minutes of a PB he'd be more than happy with. And um, Ben St. Lawrence also dropped another um, chunk of time off his um, PB. I think he had a bit of a blowout in his debut in Berlin, um, but he ran 2.14.20, I think it was, um, for the full marathon with a big negative split. So, um, yeah, he's starting to show a bit more promise in the full as well. Choice. Um, from other events, uh, we had Ruth Croft, who's been our... I guess our sky running, mountain running, off-road running extraordinaire for New Zealand over the last couple of years um, and took out 
uh, of Marathon du Mont Blanc, uh, which was 42 k's with 2,700 meters of elevation. Um, she actually won it the year before as well. So um, this year was quite hot conditions, um, but she took out the win there as well. Um, onto the track we had on, over on in the U- Sorry to interrupt. Um, yeah. On Ruth, like, it's always hard to put into perspective these trail running times, but back in March she ran 2.34 at the Seoul Marathon. So um, I don't yeah. know picked that up back when we did our March show. It would have been in the middle of Nationals coverage. But, yeah, that shows the how quality she is, like, and 2.34 on the flat, and she's a bit of a mountain goat. So, yeah, she's a really quality athlete yeah. um, and definitely a, a great asset to have in that trail world. Yeah, yeah. Don't cut me off again, eh? I'm trying to keep it short here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had the night of 10,000 um, over in the UK, which is, um, I think most people well that follow running know about this meet where they yeah. have um, kind of the beer tents and they have like a little um, hovered stand over the track and people get down on the track and really close. And it's deemed kind of the night of um, 10,000 PBs because they have all these different grades and um, it's awesome. It's just a big 10K event where people go and lay it all out there. Did you um, see that? But we had a Kiwi that, over. Um, sorry to interrupt again. Did you see that pacing light? That My goodness, the- what's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see that. How cool is yeah, that? Yeah, it's a pretty cool new innovation, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Basically, um, so for listeners that didn't see it, it's a, it's a green light on the inside rail of the track that um, follows around at the required pace, um, which is, yeah, it's quite cool. It's actually probably taken a book out of the um, swimming pages they don't have an actual laser line in the pools but when you're watching it on tv you can see like the world record pace line will move with the swimmers yeah so it's kind of, it's kind of like that but in, um so at least the athletes can see it um yeah. but matt baxter was actually um pacing yeah a bit of that and um kaylin moody uh was running his debut and ran 29.45 which um he should probably be re- reasonably happy with um I think some recent results probably he would um, think he'd go a bit faster than that, but um, I'm, I'm sure he'd still be happy with that with a debut on the track. They're always tough to run. And that um, got him six in his race. I think he might have actually been in the B section. Yeah. Um, because the first section, I think, was one in just under 28 minutes. Um, so, yeah, good run by Kalen. Uh, uh, and then. We had just the other night a meet um, in the Azusa Pacific meet um, over in the States. And we had uh, three of our boys running in the 1500 meters. Uh, we had Nick Willis in 337.86. We had Geordie Beamish in 338.09, which was a PB. Um, and nice. Julian Oakley, 340.37. Um, so they're all in different races. There were a couple yeah. of um, mixed seeded races. Um, but I guess for Willis, uh, I mean, that's a, a step up from the 359, I think, mile he ran at pre, which, which is, um, looked not the greatest day for Nick, but that 337 is probably more equivalent to maybe a 355 mile. So he's tracking in the right direction. And I think hopefully um, a lot of that strength work that he did earlier on is now paying dividends and once he starts sharpening up a, a bit more, um, we'll maybe see him down lower under 335, 333 kind of range over the next few races. I know he's running the MC Car Mile at the um, 
like London Diamond League, uh, which I think is next weekend. Um, and then, yeah, it's kind of just see how he progresses from there. Um, he's obviously done with the 5K now after the first few races and announcing that, but hopefully he can kind of kick on and um, head towards Doha and some positive movement. Um, but good to see, obviously, Beamish kicking on from his NCAA um, season and it'd be interesting to see if he's planning like a bit of a European trip after this or, or what he's got planned because he, he'd be getting obviously kind of pretty close to that world champ standard himself and yeah. often when you're getting down to that 338 low range it's you know you're yeah. only kind of one or two race you know being them in the right race to make it happen so yeah it'd be good to see what he does for sure um, just there was also um there's six guys yep. who have run 340 or less this year already so um with carson quinn yeah. anna beamish and willis so nice that, that sort of caught me a bit by surprise. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, I was. Um, I think Hamish actually ran in a three k in Switzerland the other day because um, there. Were, I noticed there were four Aussies that went fifth to eighth, and they ran about seven forty five, seven forty eight, and seven fifty five or something. But I just missed Hamish's name, so he must have been outside that top eight. But I'm yeah, not too sure like what time he ran. Yeah, eight twenty. So it must have been a bit off the pace. Oh. Maybe a bit of a blowout there, yeah. potentially. Yeah, yeah, which is interesting. I'm not too sure how he's like living this life, just kind of like over in Saint Moritz and these like flash bloody resort places in the mountains and stuff. And like, yeah, <laughs> I got to say, life over there. Out of anyone on Instagram, must be on the um the, the most. Got a, the, Scottish funding must be still thick and heavy (laughs) yeah I was was gonna say I get the most Instagram envy when I look at his training photos this time of year (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. that tracks that tracks okay like so awesome yeah uh and then lastly to finish um it's probably a bit of old news now but I just want to cover off a couple of results mainly just because of the placings and stuff and they're all um young guys going well, but at Oceania's um, Santana taking out third in the 1500 in the open men, um, just showing that he's um, oh, just, yeah, such a smart racer. Like, it looks like he's kind of well beyond his years in terms of tactics and how he how he finishes, and um, he's got such a great future ahead of him. I'm really excited to see what he'll kick on to do. Um, yeah, and also, Ollie. Uh, yeah, I don't know if we covered it last show, but he ran three thirty-eight. Did we cover that off? Um, if yeah, we covered that. Yeah, okay, sorry. Yeah, no, no you're right. Um, and Ollie Chignall um, and Matt Baxter taking out one and two in the five k. Yeah, um, which is probably a bit more of a um, diluted field, um, to be honest. But still good to get a one two regardless of that. And Chignall probably one of the first times he's got one over back though i'd say yeah yeah fully um and the oceanias were boosted a bit this year with some sort of qualification things going on for for doha so it looked like um we got zoe hobbs and old edward osei nikitia qualified for doha for as far as we know uh, for the 100 meters um and then also uh, really exciting um, Hamish Kerr breaking the or equaling the New Zealand high jump record at 233 and Julia Ratcliffe um, breaking the Oceania record in the hammer throw. So cool to see the field athletes also 
doing really well. Um, I counted 16 New Zealand goals in the, the event, so really solid from the team. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And that kind of wraps up international stuff for me, but yeah, it's been a busy last couple of weeks. Awesome. Well, we will be back very shortly with national news. There's been a lot going on. Um, so I'll try and rattle through them. The first of those uh, was a few weeks ago. Now it seems like an eternity ago, but uh, was the New Zealand secondary school champs. Um, and so Kirsty Ray took out the senior girls and a big win um, in, by 39 seconds. So she's from Wellington East Girls College. Um, so 39 seconds in the 4K, that's a pretty massive Massive wind, very dominating. Um, and then in the boys, we had Liam Beck take it out, who's been having a stellar year um, from Wanganui Collegiate, and he was just five seconds ahead in the 6K. And I've got to say, this is a little bit of a gripe of mine, and I was thinking about the heptathlon as well. Why, why are we still in this girls do shorter distance than the boys thing? Um, like... For the heptathlon, do you mean? Yeah, well, heptathlon, why, why are they not doing the decathlon? And why are we doing senior girls are running 4K while the senior boys are running 6K? I, I just feel like we all know that there's girls can do endurance just as much as the boys, so why not give them a chance and let the endurance runners do the thing? Um, and same with the decathlon. Yeah. And let them do the 1500 and do the pole vault. And, um, yeah, I just think there's a bit of a quality thing that needs to needs to happen. Um, I yeah. think they I think they do the pole vault and the heptathlon, but the um, yeah, I I'm pretty sure. Let, I don't know. Me, Actually, let me do some. Now you got me. Now, <laughs> now you got me second guessing. Anyway, my two cents on that is, yeah, I agree with the the four k six k thing. I think that's always been stupid. Yeah. Um, they should make them both 6k or 5k both of them who cares i don't know as long as the same again it's not that far um the heptathlon versus decathlon discussion is probably more interesting um i don't know it's just been like a heptathlon event since ages ago i guess it would be then i guess yeah adding in more events that current heptathletes don't do or have never specialized in maybe and that could be it would be like a lot probably a lot more change in a decathlon say than adding an extra 2k on a cross-country event yeah yeah um so as far as events you've got seven in the heptathlon um 100 meter hurdles high jump shot put 200 meters long jump javelin and 800 so Obviously, the women do 800 metres as opposed to 15 um, in the men's. And then so missing from that, you've got pole vault. Oh, man, I should know my decathlon. Just guess. Just guess. Just And one other is the... Did you say? Oh, 400. 200, it's a 400, isn't it, in the decathlon? Oh, man. We need someone who knows yeah, um, field events. <laughs> No, what did you say? Um, so they do long jump as well. So it's pole vault. Just guess. Yeah, uh, Jeff. Oh, do, oh, they they do they? Oh, they don't do a hundred. 
They don't do 100. They just do the 200. No, so they they just do flat hurdles, 200 and 800, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if anything, you could say that the decathlon's easier. (laughs) (laughs) Shorter shorter sprint event. Well, you've got the 400 in there um, for the decathlon. So you're doing the 100 and the 110 hurdles and then the 400 and then you've got the 1500 at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we're waffling. Yeah. (laughs) We've got a packed show. We're going to get into this debate. I reckon make it. I'm going to buy buy you a bloody waffle iron for Christmas. How much (laughs) you go on. (laughs) I love it. Um, so that was the New Zealand Secondary School Champs. Um, if anyone's listening from the Secondary School Association... If we're talking about the Secondary School Cross Country Champs, end up talking about the heptat block. Oh, God. Let's talk about making the distances equal at some stage. Um, mostly because uh, we yeah. want to see who's the best, strongest distance runner. We don't want to, like, mm. advance. Well, they've done that on the international stage, haven't they? Yeah. I've yeah, done it on the international cool. stage. Like the woman, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, come on, New Zealand, pull your finger out. Let's even it up. Um, also in New Zealand, we've had the North Island cross-country champs and the South Island cross-country champs. So winning those in the north was Cara McDermott and then uh, Peter Wheeler. He's I think that's number two in a row for him. Um, and in the south, Chris Dryden took the men's race out, and then Catherine Camp, who um, is, I think she was just back from Oceania's maybe, or just before, um, took out the women's race. Um, we also had the Wellington Marathon, where Hirotaki Tanimoto, who is um, from Japan, but he's been living in Wellington for quite a few years now, he won. Um, by about a minute, I think, um, in 2.27. And Sonia Cameron from Dunedin won in 3.02. And then we also had the half marathon and good old Chris Dryden um, backed up his South Island champs result with a win in the half in 1.08. And Lisa Cross pulled out a new course record with a 1.17. So back into her dominating half marathon ways. Um, so I think that's everything from the national results. So let's dive into this interview with, with Zane Robertson. Um, he is the New Zealand record holder in the 10K on the roads. He's the New Zealand record holder in the half marathon and newly crowned in the full marathon. So let's hear about how that race went. So we're hugely privileged to have a, another New Zealand marathon record holder on the show, um, Zane Robertson. First of all, congratulations. And um, how does it feel to have a new New Zealand record to your name? Uh, well, thank you. And thanks for having me on the show. Um, to be honest, it feels like another day, you know. <laughs> yeah. I woke up the same the next day, except I had sore legs. And... Um, <laughs> No, I, I plan to go in all the way. I I never enter a race when I'm not really ready. And just, uh, I, I knew I was in shape to run about a 2 six on any other day with better conditions. So yeah. gave my all out there. And I did expect something under the time of 2-7. So wow. some ways national record. Wasn't really surprised. And... Um, to be honest, a little disappointed with it because I am, I am the best I can be and um, the time doesn't represent that. 
but I, I, I think everyone who was there realised what it was for um, the weather we had on that day. Yeah, fully. Um, and, and we'll kind of get down to the race tactics and all that shortly. Um, but I guess that mentality that you guys, um, you and your brother, have showed and like being quite overt has really captured people's attention, sort of imagination. Like, um, it's so awesome to have two Kiwis who aren't afraid to say, like, no, I'm not just after a national record, I'm after um, one of the best times in the world or, 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 you know, like really, really pushing the envelope. So, like, what's your mentality coming into a big race like this? Like, how do you G yourself up to, to go after it? Yeah, like, I, I don't want to sound disappointed with the New Zealand record, but uh, it's not what I set out to do. And to, to be an athlete on the be- at, at the best level, you have to have uh, a mentality to, like, push those limits. Um, coming into a big race like this, I, well, I, I do the training, I do the work. I have to be very motivated because... Our sport, you know, we, we have to wake up early. We have to do a lot more in um, other sports. You know, there's not as much freedom. You can't have as much uh, play time between trainings. You have to really put in the rest too. Um, the, the mentality for me was, well, uh, this, is, this is, you know, I started a marathon before with a broken foot and I didn't know about it. Didn't go well, obviously. So this, in, in a way, this was my first marathon, healthy. So I, I feel like this was my debut. Cool. Then I'm um, going to give it 100% and show the world that Elvis is back, you know. It's been two years. I've been watching my brother perform amazing, and it's just been adding fuel to the fire, you know. Yeah. Um, I know what type of athlete I am. It's, it's like I'm in prison in my own body just – making the same mistakes year in, year out with the big group I was with. I realised those mistakes and finally I've had the guts to step away and do what's right for me. Cool. Um, I needed to take more recovery between sessions um, and do the sessions when I'm ready. I haven't changed really what I was doing, but I mean, I would always survive about three weeks of put down with the group three sessions a week, but any time it pushed over four to five weeks is when I would I would either get sick or break the body, and that's one of the big, um, big things that changed this year. Yeah, cool. And so that kind of three-week cycle, three weeks on, one week off, you've sort of been following that? Yeah, not, not to a T. It's more because I've been able to put the sessions um, – for further apart if I need to. I mean, I control the complete uh, the program. So cool. I've been able to keep it consistent without taking a down week. It's just like I'll just take three days down so I can actually recover better and then do the next session. Cool. Awesome. Nice. And while we're on the top of the topic of training, like you um, – I, I noticed you, you posted a great post, by the way, of like the four weeks leading up to race day and you took every Sunday off, um, maybe just a little bit of stretching. But what's the what's the reasoning behind that? It's obviously to allow more recovery, but 
not many athletes have the the self-discipline to have a non-running day in their week every week. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I didn't even realize that. Uh, yeah. it, I, I think the weeks beforehand, it was like random days I would have off if I had an off day. But um, I did like to have a day off the running and just keep the body agile and let, let yeah. some bounce return to the body, do something else, um, go out, have some pizza. Uh, Sundays, nothing special about the day. It just turns out that I was working out hard normally on Wednesdays and Saturdays. So cool. by the time I got to Sunday in the last four weeks, the body was pretty pretty beat up and it needed that day off after the session. So it became like a go-to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, cool. Now, talking about that plan that you posted up, um, the, I saw it on the Wednesday, maybe three and a half weeks out, there's this pretty epic um, 10, 10 times 1K, sort of with a 1K float in between each K. Um, was that quite a key workout for you to to get that speed endurance under, under the belt? Yeah, definitely. Um, I love that type of training and that style really, really is one of my, um, if you say marathon and go-to sessions, the long run is there, the hard long run, yet you, yeah. you can't avoid that, you have to do it. But the other way is this one. And it's not just 1K on, 1K off, like this time round. You can do 5K on, 1K off. And yeah. I put strategically this one into the program with the time I had. So I thought I can get better quality with the 1Ks around uh, half marathon effort instead yep. of um, instead of running marathon effort because I wanted to get good speed quality in instead of just marathon pace. Yeah. That's why I made it the 1K on, 1K off. Um, yeah. Cool. And for those who are wondering, it, it's sort of the one, one k off is around three fifteen to three twenty, and then on is around that two fifty mark, couple under two fifty. So that's that's shifting. I I think you've beaten my five yeah. k bet four times over in, in that workout. So um, that that sort of puts it in perspective. Uh, and what about, I saw in the training plan as well, we'll get to the details of the race soon, but I'm so interested in this training. Um, there's quite a lot of plyometric work in there. What's, um, and that's something that a lot of our listeners might not do and might sort of not know what it's about. Um, do you want to explain sort of what you're, what you're doing there? Yeah, so I'm one to really believe in exercises and um, uh, just makes your body so much more stronger and as a marathoner, people think it's all about the mileage, which is bullshit. There's no magic mileage number. It's yeah. all about how resilient you're and how fast your body can stay as a marathoner. Like if you watch Kachogi run, he doesn't lose form. He doesn't lose bounce during the whole race because his body's strong. It's yeah, yeah. Not because of all the, the running he does, but um, because his tendons can survive as well. So, Absolutely. You have to train your tendons and your muscles, and with plyometrics, it, it does that. So, just things as simple as skipping is a plyometric. So, yeah, start with the basics star, star jumps, or um, just jumping upstairs or jumping downstairs. Um, oh. I personally do mine at the gym, 
normally between weight reps or just um, at the house um, with a core session. Great, yeah. And I guess the, the benefit of plyometrics over just weight, you're really teaching that that speed and, and like you say, that that tendon strength eh, to, um, to not only exert power but do it, do it fast and controlled. Yeah, exactly. And no matter what distance you run, um, from 100 metres to marathon, you still need that. I reckon if, if I if I stop the marathon now and I want to start running 1500s again, I can do it. It just it's just about changing the training again. So, yeah, um, the body hasn't lost the ability. Cool. On on that, what what do you reckon you could bang out a 1500? And now nowadays, do you ever think about that? Uh, I always believe I left um, 1500 before my time. Um, yeah. I did I did some pretty sick sessions that suggested probably under a 330. Um, wow, awesome. And that, that season, run a 219 1K in training and just didn't feel it. So there were a lot of other other things that happened. And um, obviously my half marathon being uh, in February the, the next year, which just suggested I'm – I'm better off going to the roads. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, was it also kind of a career decision as well? Like there's, um, there's probably a, a lot more opportunity to make a, make a living going to the roads rather than sort of battling the, the numbers and trying to get, you, you know, into those, that, that top echelon of sub-330 guys? Definitely. Um, plus, you know, always the enjoyment factor too because, you have to love what you're doing. Yeah, I, I really like I like the long distances. It's it's not just um, let's say my my gift at that level, but um, always just going. The longer it got, normally the more I fire. I don't know if it's also a mentality thing because not everyone has that. Not everyone can be a great marathoner coming from even the half, but. Um, it takes a lot of guts and mindset in the last part of the race to continue. And Jake and I both suffered a lot in the early stages of our Africa life. So yeah. I think that, that that comes through to help us now. Yeah, absolutely. And it seems like you guys have also um, really embraced the roads as a bit of a stage to to perform and, you know, put some personality down on the roads as well. Like um, it, it's cool to see like that crowd interaction and, um, yeah, just enjoying the moment, like not being afraid to lead from the front and make the pace honest. Yeah, I mean, everyone's got their own style, Um and mine, obviously, the Gold Coast was, I'm going to get after what I said I'm going to get after. And the commentators love that, you know. Cool. If, you, if you're going to talk about it, then you've got to walk afterwards. And that's what I did. Um, I, think, I think it's important as an athlete as well to be real, to be you. And yeah. sad, sadly, a lot of people are boring. But I am not. And... I hope the fans can connect with that. And a lot of people love me for it as well as they don't like me for it. But um, I'm just being me. So at the end of the day, I'm not I'm not trying to be someone else. And I think that's fair. We are humans. 
Yeah, oh, man, I, I lo- love your work, love it. Um, now, the race itself, um, you, you said you, you went out fast, um, going for on sort of 206 pace, and um, what were those conditions like? I've, I've heard um, stories of a bit of wind, especially towards the end, and a um, bit of humidity as well. Yeah, um, once, once it was underway, I even forgot it was raining on us, but... Yeah. There's no, there's no way that that doesn't affect us. Just look at Kipchoge in Berlin uh, when he went to the world record and it rained on him. He, yeah. he didn't he didn't get close, and wow. he's a two-hour guy. So uh, the conditions definitely play a role in um, losing losing our two oh six time. We were still on pace for two oh six thirty five k, and it crept away in the last five. Definitely when we had the turn and into a full-on headwind with gusts and uh, by then you're so tired that any little little thing that's not you going your way can change. Uh, me and Kip Tom had already dropped off Shatara and yeah. he said after the race he was surprised to get back to us. Well, it wasn't the fact that he packed up. Uh, it was the fact that we tried to hold the two or six pace and really burned. So we, once we were done, we were done. Yeah. He was able to just steamroll through us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I guess it's one of those things in the marathon, you're going for the time, you've got to lay it out there. And um, sometimes it, it works, sometimes it doesn't. But if you don't put yourself in that position, you, you'll never know. Um, were, were you thinking those last few k? Oh, I've got to get, got to get under my brother's time. This is this is Plan B now. Um, I I was still hoping it would be at least two seven something, but as yeah. as you get closer to, to the finish, and you, I've watched the course over, so I knew that um, I, it's going to be very close. And then really getting to the last four hundred, I knew nah, it's not happening because. I knew I had nothing left by then. Yeah. I'd been going on nothing for a while, so just pure emotion. I, I could see the clock if I turned into the blue carpet, and I couldn't see it. There was just nothing left. Um, I left it out there, so um, yeah, just coming in the last steps, I knew I'd ha- I got the national record. But yeah. yeah, like I said, that wasn't my goal. But happy to at least get something. Yeah, oh, it's pretty epic to be the fastest Kiwi ever over that that distance. It's amazing. Uh, did you did you get a message from your bro afterwards? And what were his words? Yeah, I mean, he's he's pretty pumped. You know, he knows that both of us are out of sponsorship now, and. Um, we're really looking to to make uh, make some some company very very happy. Yeah. So we we feel like we, we can be ambassadors for for the company and also you know looking for a future in the in the sport to yeah. inspire as well. But um, he, he was he was stoked for me and he just said, "Now, you know, I've been turning down some offers." early this year because it's just it's below minimum wage if you work in the supermarket it's a hard market now and wow it's not fair it's not fair so there's no way i'm gonna i'm gonna give up i'd rather run um run for free and just do my own thing like i do a gold coast and 
just live off appearance fees and um, prize money until I'm until I get that result. And, yeah, uh, I knew my own worth, so I got that in Gold Coast. Cool. Oh man, I I hope there's some some businesses or some brand managers out there who are like, oh, I gotta get gotta get at least one of these boys on my my team. So I hope that journey's not too long for you before you get some some good backing. Because man, fastest fastest pair of legs ever by a Kiwi over the marathon and and the 10k and the half. So let's not forget those two. Um, so twins in the world actually there's no twins faster than us right now in the half or the marathon wow yeah and what i love like you guys 10k what you've got the same time for the the 10k on the road um yeah 728 you've got 11 seconds separating you in the half and now what is it seven seconds separating you in the full um (laughs) yeah and um Jake actually has taken the 10,000 track off me. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you want to mention the 15 and 20K records, but um, they're also there for me. Wow. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. Um, And so what's the the future? Where where to next? I know you've got a qualifier for... Doha, um, I'm guessing this qualifies you for the Olympics next year, does it? Or does it come down to that grading system that's extremely confusing? Uh, yeah, guys like me, if we if we hit the time, which is to 11.30, we've yeah. got it. So it's in the bag. I have no doubt that the Federation full supported me for a few years now. So I don't have to worry about qualifying for teams ever. If I'm in shape... I I run the time. Awesome. It's, yeah. it's about being healthy, and yeah, Doha is definitely a goal of mine coming up. I think with the conditions, it could be a chance to sneak a medal or even the gold. I'm gonna gonna play around in Cyprus in a few weeks, so that should be fun. Nice. And how do you how do you handle the heat? Do you like it? I've done heat training blocks before and I've been a fan of sauna like for my whole running life. So nice. I'm not one to shy away from heat. Um, I think this could be a calling, you know, since I've been doing this for a while. Yeah, uh, yeah just got to wait to see because uh, marathon is a long way and anything can go wrong. Yeah, cool. And anything... Between now and Doha, would you? Um, I'm guessing it's not a hang of a lot of time to squeeze in another marathon, but maybe a half or a 10k. Yeah. Uh, definitely, um, I'm thinking about a very fast half. I think I can get. Uh, I, I think I can get under my Oceana record and awesome. put that put that one out of reach for a while. Nice. And, and so, oh, sorry, did you mention a particular half marathon that you're going to look at? Or? No, I don't want to do that right now. Yep. I know, I know exactly which one it is with my agent and we're going to, we're in talks with the, the organization there. Cool. Obviously can't say anything for other reasons. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be looking forward to that announcement when it comes out. But, um, and then between Doha and the Olympics, would you look at a, a spring marathon next year, Northern Hemisphere? Uh, definitely, definitely. Um, 
looking at coming back to the Gold Coast for the half. Oh, wicked. Yeah. It's a fast horse, so I thought, why not get Jake and I out to try and uh, bash whatever the Oceana record is at that time, um, yeah. have a race for it in Australia. So it's never been done on Australian soil, uh, sub-60 half. And uh, before that, obviously, a marathon, um, possibly a major, but well, there's, there's some good races in Japan, let's just say, and there, there are a few others by that time that might want to have me, like London. So who brings the offers and they're all around the same time. Yeah, cool. Um, speaking of sub-60 halves, I wonder if any have actually been done in the Southern Hemisphere. That's a... Never, yeah. Uh, I think I think all comers record is in Australia at sixty-one. Wow, that would be. It's not even under sixty-one. Yeah, wow, that would be a cool one to crack. Um, man, well, thanks heaps for for taking the time, and um, you've got five million supporters who are, are right behind you and your and your brother. We love what you do, love what you bring to the Black Singlet, and. Um, we, we spoke on this show a couple of years ago talking about what, what New Zealand records do we want to see fall in the near future, and it was Peter Snell's 800 and Rod Dixon's marathon record that were kind of number one that we wanted to see go down. So thanks to you two of um, it's leading the charge and sort of a – it's a bit of a renaissance, really, of, of New Zealand marathon running. Um, and, and on that note, I should actually ask you before you go um, – there's a whole bunch of guys now running sort of 216, 213. Malcolm Hicks dropped a 213 a few weeks back. Um, we've got uh, a bunch of guys went 215, 216 in your race on Sunday. So what's what's sort of the excitement from, from your point of view around that, that next crop of guys coming through? I think it's pretty awesome to have, let's say, a third guy in the team for Tokyo yeah. and just to have um, – have a bit of competition amongst them all because it drives them to do more. I also think there's a few guys who haven't fired, um, two in particular, uh, Dan Wallace and Aaron Polford, which just because of training errors or some mistakes on the day um, can also be in that bracket. So it's, it's going to get um, pretty pretty awesome with everyone coming up now around those, around those areas. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say men's marathoning in this country is the, the strongest it's it's ever been. I, I'd argue that point. And um, like, what what advice would you you give to those guys and girls who are looking to target that marathon distance now? Um, a lot of people have sort of done their time at fifteen hundred and five k and sort of looking to move up. What what do you think's the kind of some of those missing ingredients for the Kiwis? Well, I think lifestyle, you know, you have to live like an athlete. So you have to sacrifice a lot more as the distance goes up. You have to practice in training what you would do in the race. If, if that means like going to bed early the night before trainings, yeah. yes. If that means your drink stops your during the trainings, that means your nutrition before you run in the morning or the night before, I actually eat the same as I would any other day. The night before hard trainings, then I would. 
um, before the marathon. So it takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of sacrifice. And sometimes it takes people around you to allow you to do that. So it's, a, it's very easy for me to do in Africa, but uh, here it's a little bit harder. So I hope all those line up. And if, even if some of them do, good luck. Yeah, cool. Oh, man, love, love that advice. Um, and may we have a bunch of youngsters listening to this um, here at high school at the moment and um, can follow in your, follow in your footsteps. Um, and, yeah, to add to that, um, if you are in high school, don't run a marathon anytime soon. Um, <laughs> all, all the East African passport ages are fake. So believe that before you're 27, 28, don't really try a marathon. Cool. Get faster in the, in the shorter distances because it will help your marathon later on. Yeah, wise words. Cool, man. And where can people follow you? You're on, you're on Instagram and, and Facebook. Um, where's the don't really use Facebook a lot. I'd say my Instagram is the biggest I always post. Cool. You can find me there at um, Zane Robertson NZL awesome. um, or you can find me on Twitter at running, running Elvis without the, without the G or you just search Zane Robertson cool now I have to ask you where the, where the Elvis thing came from uh, it's because I used to dye my hair black and uh, yeah. uh, they, the Kenyans knew me with blonde hair because we're twins so <laughs> one morning I'd come from Ethiopia and I just took my beanie off and they saw black hair. They said, the name Elvis came out straight away. Oh, look like Elvis. <laughs> and from there, people started calling me Elvis. I love it. Oh, that's great. Well, thanks again, Zane, and uh, well done. Rest up those legs and looking forward to seeing you back on the road soon, smashing it. Thanks, Aiden. And uh, yeah, guys, so, thanks for the support. <laughs> So we're back and um, really cool interview with, with Zane. It's great to, to have a chat to him. He's been bombarded by the media this week. So thanks heaps, Zane, for taking the time. Um, and interestingly, he's not, um, he's not sponsored at the moment. Um, him and his brother are both off contract at the moment. So they're looking for a, a, a contract worthy of national and area record holders. Um, yeah, hopefully they find something. Because man, I'd I'd want to be backing the, those boys. Yeah, now's the time when they're not um, signed with two other companies to do good package deal, mate. Should the marketing on that? Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Um, two twins breaking each other's national records, setting the world on fire. Get on it. Yeah, yeah. I I I wonder, like, man, anyone from Air New Zealand, if they're listening, get. Get these boys on on your roster because um, they're flying, so that that matches your brand positioning. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I do wonder outside of the normal shoe contracts if there's some New Zealand businesses who can get behind these guys, like like we've seen Anchor get behind um, and New Zealand Beef get behind a lot of our Olympians. So um, if you're listening, yeah. something do- hard, something hardcore like. Like VB or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bud, Budweiser, Budweiser, they've surely got a shitload of money over in the US. 
Yeah. Selling their, their crap beer, they can um, fork out some money, support our boys. <laughs> yeah, so any brand managers out there, get in touch with these guys because they deserve something. <laughs> uh, they walk, they they talk the talk, but they also back it up with some gutsy. He had to be wheelchaired off the off the finish line. That's how <laughs> how much he. Yeah, mate. That's that. how you do it. Yeah. You don't fly from you don't fly from Kenya to be bouncing off your toes at the end of a race. Yeah, man. Bleeding for the black singlet, I tell you. Epic. So, <laughs> yeah. So we should let everyone go. It's been a big month of Kiwi running. I hope you guys have enjoyed the show and we'll be back in a month's time. What's what's coming up? We've got World University Games on at the moment. We've got marathon season sort of takes a little break before the autumn northern hemisphere. Got some, yeah, a few diamond leagues coming up. Got Monaco tonight, I think. Um, yeah. Nice. And then I think there's the London one, and then there's one at Birmingham. Um, yeah, and sure, there's a ton of Europe meets as well. See, see there's a few guys heading over into various locations in Europe at the moment. So, yeah, yeah, keep an eye on those. Yep, and I guess national secondaries will be coming up in early August and then national road champs not long after that and then national road relays. So uh, now we get into that sort of fun time of year where it's um, the club club running really, really heats up. So happy training, everyone. Get out there, hit the pavement, hit the tracks, and we will catch you in the next episode. <laughs>